Good evening and welcome to episode, oh shit, 49, 48, 49, 49, oh shit, um, welcome to episode 49 of the Sunday Conversation Podcast, presented by Loyalty Liquors, hosted by Aaron Taylor, Ben Schoenberger, um, I guess we're just, yeah, 2021, shit's still wild, stock market in terms of, um, you know, last week, Aaron, Aaron went on, you know, just some, did some explanation of kind of what the fuck was going on. And, uh, it seems like this week, uh, it pretty much tanked. So (laughs) the suits did it right. (laughs) And uh, they fucked everyone out of some dough, whatever. It's funny because everybody who it was like pissed that you couldn't buy Robinhood is only because they wanted it to go up so that they could sell it at its highest point. So it's not like they were really. Yeah, we we said that. My greed supersedes your greed. Uh, We talked about that. Uh, but um, hey, you said you wanted to follow up a little. Bit. I just, I just wanted to just bring it to a close because you know, at the end of last week's episode, you know, I said, you know, probably follow up on it and, you know, this will take five minutes, and I don't want to, I definitely don't want to monopolize an entire episode with it because I think you've got a story and I've got something else I want to talk about too. But um, yeah, well, what Ben said was right. I mean, and what we said, you know, last week ended up happening where. You know, Robinhood and the other brokerages slowing down the trading of or the purchasing of those of those securities um, did exactly what they intended it to do, and it just slowed down the momentum enough and put enough doubt into people's heads where you know once Monday started, you know, they were actually okay at the start of the day Monday, and then they started to collapse in on themselves, and people started to panic, and you know. I, you know, I, I know I was joking. I jokingly said I would move back in with my mom before I sold my position, but you know, I sold for a 40% loss on uh, Tuesday. Um, you know, and I think everybody else with a brain kind of did that too. I saw something, the guy who was like responsible with a brain, I'm pretty sure that's in Warren Buffett's top 10 rules. Like you have to have a stop loss and know when to get out. Yep. It's, it's just as important as knowing when to sell, when you're up, you know, you got to using stop losses is huge. Um, in general, uh, this one, I didn't use, I didn't use a stop loss just because with a stock that's that volatile, if you're using a stop loss, you can get stopped out quickly. And then, you know, the stock could bounce right back up. So I didn't use a stop loss on this one, but, um, you know, I saw the guy, one of the guys who was responsible for kind of starting this whole movement lost $13 million yesterday because he didn't sell. And then he said, I'm going to keep holding. And then GameStop was down 42% today. I think it's down 49% total after hours. So, so whatever he had minus that in half again. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, at this point, like, you know, the, I think the movement was a great idea. I think that, I think it was brilliant. I think, you know, I think it exposed bigger problems in the financial system. But at the end of the day, there's a reason why, you know, investment banks run the world and the American economy and stock market are the way that they are. And, you know, the stock market and the suits won in in the end. And, you know, 
it'll it'll go down in history there's already movies being made about it there will be books written about it for sure um and it was fun to be a part of it but you know and and i know 600 bucks wasn't fun i know this i mean it doesn't matter you know for for you because you're going to continue your your investing career but this is the kind of thing that ends up not like Oh yeah. Knocking people out and saying, I'm never going to invest again, yep. which, which unfortunately, yeah, it sucks, but that can't be the mindset. Like, you know what I mean? Like if yeah. you want your money to make more money, you have to invest it. So, and, and, and that right there is the American trap. Like, yep. you know, like you go and, and you start to make a little bit of money or something and then boom, you lose it. And then you're like, I'm not ever doing that again. When in reality, yep. if you think about it, it's like, oh, wait, you just took a thousand dollars to six grand. And then, you know what I mean? And then you lost um, 5,200. You're down 200 bucks, really, right. or whatever, just say. And then it's like, you know, now you're never going to do it again. Where it's like, you know, I was actually talking to my grandmother today and uh, she was just talking about, basically my grandpa and he grew up through the depression and he had you know some dough in the bank and she remembers like you know just watching it and like you know there's a decent chunk of change in there and it was like making like whatever 50 bucks a month yeah something ridiculous and and she was like obviously that wasn't the the smartest thing that you know he could have done with that money, but that particular money, like he, he was so scared that he was going to lose it, mm-hmm. yep. you know? So pressure like, mentality. Right. Right. So meaning, you know, it's like, it's always going to be difficult and the people that bear down and, and stick it out and, and work it, you know, through, you know, it's going to come back, you know, you got to learn from your mistakes. Fact. Um, I think I'm the fucking king of making mistakes in terms of money. So it's like, yeah, it's all good, dude, you know? Yeah. And and well, like I was texting with you today and I, you know, I took, so I lost basically 600 bucks and I took the thousand dollars that I, you know, I got once I sold out and I, I, you know, I, I had like a come to Jesus moment with myself after I sold. I was like, dude, I, I made a few like speculative plays within a two week span that ended up costing me probably 1500 bucks. And I said, you know what? Fuck this. Like I, I had a strategy that worked for me last year and I'm just going to go back to it. So I took that thousand dollars I had left over. I put it into pen, which is a stock Ben. And you know, Ben and I have been pumping up for almost a year now. And today alone, I almost made back all the money I lost in that AMC deal. So like, you know, if I had been, you know, there, I, I guarantee there was tons of people who had never invested before at all downloaded Robin hood, you know, bought a thousand dollars worth of AMC, a thousand dollars worth of game stock, basically lost all their money. And, we're, and like you said, we're just like, fuck this never again. Like this, it's too risky. It's gambling. Blah, I'm going blah. back to sports gambling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So like, you know, I mean, let's hope that's not the case and, and that people like just learn from their mistakes and, and find out that like, you know, I, I've said it on this podcast before, but it's a, one of my favorite, like Warren Buffett quotes is, you know, Bezos and Buffett were talking and Bezos said to him, you know, Warren, your strategy is so simple. Why doesn't everybody do it? And he said, nobody likes to get rich slow. And like, 
that's the truth. Everybody wants to hit that home run, get rich right away. And, you know, some people get lucky and, and it happens, but I mean, look at somebody like you, you know, you know, you hit it big, you know, your timing was excellent in 2017 and then you got crushed. And then, you know, instead of just letting that be like, Oh, you know, fuck this. I'm done. I'm going to pull out and just be done with it. Like you stuck in and you know, it's paying its dividends now, you know, but it takes time. It takes learning and all that stuff. And I just hope that it doesn't discourage oh, people too yeah, much. Yeah, you know? it's like, and, and what were we just talking about like last week? It's like, a, you know, I made a bonehead play. It's like, dude, you're, uh, and that's the thing. It, it It is so, it's such a psychological game. Totally. That it, it's, it's impossible to not slip up every now yep. and then. Like, like, I don't care what the fuck you say. It's like, First of all, there's no way, there's no one correct way to do it. Yep. You know what I mean? And you can't, if everybody's got a, a brain, you know what I mean? Basically, it's like every single person that you've ever talked to about the market or some sort of market, um, it's not like they're some mastermind. They just heard it from someone else. Or, yeah, it's or like, all regurgitated you know, information. Yeah, it's just not, like nothing's like, you know, it's not like, um, I, I can't even think of like some sort of like athletic thing where you're, you know, you're kind of just like where you like truly master a technique that can be like everybody could reciprocate. You know what I mean? Sure. It's not like one of those things that's like, you know, it's like, dude, the best people in the world you know it's like lebron james has missed a free throw before you know what i mean yeah. or, or however whatever so um but i got a pretty hilarious story so yeah you text you texted me yesterday and we, uh are you are you good yeah i'm I'm good at my my last parting advice is if you're still holding amc and gamestop just get the fuck out and put your money into something that's uh better so yes i'm done yeah, and um, uh, one little last comment on that. It's it almost makes you realize, like, hey, if you want to make money, like, stay in tune with research because totally. If it was the kind of you know, it's like everybody that when you hear about it on the in the media, it means you're sort of too late. You know what yeah, I mean? The, so some some of the sorry, not to cut you off, but no, no, one of the best piece of advice my dad ever gave me is. When you're looking at the market, the market is future looking. So when you're looking at what the stock market's doing, it's, it's, you know, if there's news coming out, that is already factored into the price that you're seeing. So like you said, Ben, if once the dumb money gets involved, which is, you know, not to offend anybody, but the average everyday investor is dumb money. Once dumb money gets involved and it ends up on the news, it's too, it's probably too late at that point to jump in because then everybody's going to know about it. Right. So but so that all that's saying is like stick to what you're doing in terms yep. of reading about companies yep. or whatever. But that that's a perfect example of like had you been in tune with whatever, what it whether it was, you know, hey, if you're a trader going on Reddit and reading these forums, mm -hmm. yep. They were talking about it a couple months ago. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? And and you were like, Okay, there's some steam behind this. Sure. You know, it then becomes, you know, whatever. So right. Right. Um, whatever. Constantly learning. So here's my learning uh, experience. Um, <clears throat> on Tuesday, I went skiing up at Mount Snow with my buddy. 
And um, shout out Dylan Brown. Um, downtown Dylan Brown. Downtown Dylan Brown. He uh, he was he was gone for work this week, so he, he has uh, a season pass. So he let me use a season pass. So I was just logging on to the computer, plugging in which days I wanted to go. So it was like working out perfect. So I we go skiing on Tuesday because we were following a storm and basically we, we went to Mount snow, got like eight to 10 inches of snow. So there's fresh powder all over the hill. Um, have a great day. I was with my buddy, uh, Robbie Donahoe played with, played with him in Knoxville. And, uh, so get to the truck and, uh, unlock it and, go to do the old pat down grab the phone this is end of the day end of the day like right around like 3 30 okay so pat down my my pants my jacket i probably patted every pocket like 325 times you know that feeling of like where the fuck is my phone so then i'm like okay did i just set it in my truck so i'm like looking around my truck and so then i start my truck because i know that if my you know my phone will just instantaneously connect via bluetooth so if it started playing music then i knew my phone would be somewhere close start my truck nothing 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 i'm like fuck so um uh get on rob's phone and get on the find my app or whatever Mm -hmm. so plug my shit in It, it takes us a little while and uh it locates my phone and it shows that my phone is like on. And so we're at Mount snow. It's, it's considered national forest. Mm -hmm. So there's one road that goes up to the top, like meaning on the map, there's one little road. It's called grand summit road. The rest is just all green, nothing. So there's my phone in the middle of the green. Like, all right, fucking right. So I'm like, well, my phone exists still. Like, it's not fucking buried. It's not dead. So um, at that point, I'm not like, I was like, oh, like trying to like, whatever, still like flustered, trying to like think of what I could do. So he had a hockey game back in Boston. Yeah. So he had to kind of go, I didn't want to hold him up, but I knew that like, I, I needed to find my iPhone app and somebody that had right. time, you know what I mean? So I run over like, cause we were parked really close to like the maintenance area where like the snow cats are to do the like trail grooming and um, you know, the bunch of snowmobiles. Yep. And so there's a bunch of guys standing outside and I get over there and I'm like, Hey guys, like, like, Oh, like such a buzzkill. Like, uh, like I was, if there's any way you could help me out, like I'm obviously like, I'm not like speaking clearly and perfectly because I'm like, kind of like, not like panicked, but like, fuck, you know? Right. So, and uh, so they start like for a second, there's like a glimpse of hope, but then they're like, no, nah, like we're not supposed to, we're not, you know, we, we're not supposed to do this because of, because of the COVID protocols, you know, our favorite thing, COVID-19. And, um, so the guy gets on the phone. He's like, I'll call my boss and, and ask if I can do it. And, and this, he gets on the phone and goes, this is what he says. Hey, 
we're not supposed to bring a guy up to look for his phone if he lost it on the mountain, right? Because of protocol. <laughs> and, and and he's like, okay, yeah, I, yeah, like, you know what I mean? He's like, yeah, we can't take you. I'm like, dude, you couldn't have been like a little nicer than like whatever. But I want to be like, dude, you need a fucking Ben lesson in fucking phone talking because well, fucking it just to interject real quick, there is like a psychological thing, especially in sales, the way you frame it to somebody is going to influence the answer you're going to get. So if you say, I can't bring this guy up there because of protocol, right? You're going to get a no, because that's, you framed the question in a negative way. If you frame it, Hey, listen, this guy, you know, he's really in a pinch here, you know, is it cool if I bring him up? I know COVID protocol and all that stuff, but he's, but really he's got a mask on. Right. And, exactly. Right, yeah. Like, and you, and you turn it a positive right. light, you're yeah, more yeah, likely yeah. to get a yes. Okay. So I get a no. I'm like, dude, I'll give you a thousand dollars. So now like no offense, <laughs> like I'm not trying to be a dick, but like these guys, like every single one of them, every single one of their eyes lit up at that point. Yeah, like, of course. And, uh, and then they're all like, looking I've been at like, fuck other. this job. Let's go. Baby. Exactly. That's what I mean. And, uh, so it's like, I'm going to get, a, I'm going to buy a new phone anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I can either go, you know, whatever. So in hindsight, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that whatever we'll get there. So the, I was just, I was super nice. I wasn't like, you know, I was just like, like, is there any chance like at all? Like, and they're like, they're no. So they're like, I'm like, all right, whatever. So I just walked back to the car. I'm like, dude, Robbie, I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to follow you to 91. Like I'm, I'm going to go home. And I was like, I'm not worried about the phone. Like it's like, it's, I was thinking in my head, like, you know, there's nothing completely like dire important. Like, Right. Everything is saved to whatever iCloud, yada yada yada. So, I knew the phone was up on the top of the mountain. So, drive home two hours, no radio because I did it on purpose. I I was just like I wanted to like just think, and and just whatever. And the more I drove, I had basically this plan. Like I've talked to you before about like the touring setup that I have. So yeah. You can hike up a mountain on your skis. So I had this killer plan. I was going to go home. My dad had an extra phone and I was going to take that phone, locate my phone with the find my iPhone. Right. And then if it, if it located, then my next step was going to be to drive back up to Mount snow, hike up the hill, find the mountain or find the phone, come back down. And, uh, you know, at that point, I was guessing it would probably be like 1.30 a.m. Like, I was, like, thinking about, like, getting all my flashlights and shit ready. I was going to have, like, my extra, like, charger packs. Like, I was going on a mission. And um, so as I'm driving home, I get home, and I'm, like, telling my dad, I'm, like, hey, dude, like, and I kind of, like, give him the options. So I get on his phone, and we share location or, like, him and I share location. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't need to plug in the find my app. Right. He already just, has my location. Right, right. Right. So I, I get on the phone and my phone is blinking in the rental center lodge at the base of the mountain. 
So someone found it and turned it in. So now I got my dad's like 1980s, like vintage, I think it's an iPhone 5S. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, cause I was like, whatever that was, I didn't want to go. Oh, sorry. I, I, once I saw that I booked Wednesday to go skiing. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm going up there. I'm hoping I'm going to get my phone in the, in the lodge. And if I don't, I'm going skiing. And if I do, I'm going skiing. <laughs> so I get up there and, uh, I, I walk over to like the thing I, I got up there like 8am. I left it like five fifteen. get up there, walk over the, to the front, uh, or like to the, to the building that my phone is in and it's still like super early. And I see this, this woman's walking out and like anyone that works at a ski resort is just like super nice. Like obviously not the cat drivers, but, um, (laughs) this woman's like, Hey, good morning. And I'm like, good morning. And, uh, I was like, do you like, she's the only soul around. I'm like, do you by any chance work here? And she's like, yeah. I was like, awesome. I was like, here's my dilemma. Told her the quick story. She's like, oh, cool. Come on in. And so like, she brings me in the basement where she's like, everything comes here at the end of the night. So she goes like behind this counter and there's like shit everywhere. Gloves, poles, fucking, you know, whatever water bottles. And I'm like telling her, I'm like, it's a red iPhone. Uh, it's, whatever i'm like i'm like going all like in depth like there's maybe 100 phones i'm like it's got a cracked screen cover (laughs) and uh whatever it's a clear back case and uh so she's like looking around she's like 30 seconds go by i was like i was like you know could we call it any like would that help she's like oh yeah great idea so she plugs my number in calls it and like she doesn't move and doesn't say anything and just like reaches down and like hands over the counter and she's like here it's ringing like (laughs) (laughs) like it's for you like here's your phone and uh i was like oh my god like i'm so grateful and basically just i was like i was like i turned in a phone like a couple times like i was skiing you know before like to a patroller i was like it's just you know karma coming back but totally um yeah man i didn't i didn't panic i think that because you know i was like if i had like caused a fucking fiasco i think like the phone would have been gone but i was just like dude like whatever happens happens and then next thing you know it's like i got my phone back and i got to go skiing again it's a great day. It's, I mean, it's a yeah. great way to start a day and great way to go about a day after that. Dude, there but, is, there is that feeling but, that you've but, lost your wallet or your phone is like. Yeah. But, and then on top worst. of that, in the middle of a national for, or, or whatever, a, a state forest ski resort. And then, like I said, it had snowed 10 inches. So like, right. Like right. It, you know right. what I mean? It wasn't like how like, improbable is that, that you, it would, somebody would even be able to find it first of all. Right. It, it could have, literally just dropped and slid under some snow yeah. like, and it's there till the spring of, right like doesn't need a lot of snow to get covered and like it was snowing yeah. like so you know i was pl- so basically my whole thought process was like i had one i had that night to find it yeah 
You know what I mean? After that, then I'm, then I'm thinking in my head, like if it's in the middle of a trail and the fucking cat drives over it, like, well now that's like definitely gone. You know what I mean? It's like a billion things could have happened, but just shows, I guess, live, uh, you know, for the most part, like with good vibes and shit and, and, you know, they come back. Dude, I had a, a, a somewhat similar situation with my work iPad. So we use, oh. we use iPads for work to punch, you know, punch all the orders in and stuff. And I lost it. <laughs> no, I, you, you stole it, Aaron. No, yeah, no, right. Really. Right. Exactly. Um, so I fucking, this is, I don't know, probably three years ago. Now it was right around this time of year. I was getting gas at a gas station in Ansonia. My, I was waiting for an email back from my VP on uh, something I had asked for, like an allocated wine or some shit like that. Tell me you put it on top of the pump. I put it on top of my car. So oh, I, I, I heard it ding. So I, as I'm pumping gas, I grab it and I'm, I'm reading the email. The gas pump finishes. I throw it on top of my car. It was in a gray case. So I kind of like, it kind of blended in with the top of my car. Get back in the car. I always keep my, like my portfolio that I use and my iPad on the, on the passenger seat. So I start driving to my next stop and I'm like five minutes down the road and I look over and my iPad wasn't there. I'm like, what the fuck? And I remembered when I had pulled out of the gas station, I heard something like hit my trunk and I like looked in the rear view and the car, there was no car behind me. I'm like, Oh, that's weird. Didn't think any, it was my iPad sliding off the, the top of my car. So I get to my next stop, literally five minutes down the road, do the same thing. I go on my phone, find my iPad right away log in and I see that it's moving. So I'm like, Oh, somebody picked it up. Right. So that thing is like slightly delayed to like find my app is like slightly delayed. So somebody picked it up and was just driving. Like they went to home Depot. So I, you know, jet over to home Depot. I'm driving around. I can't get close enough to where like, I know I'm like, you know, near it or whatever. It leaves home Depot starts driving around downtown Ansonia. I'm just following where this thing is. And the whole time, like you can send messages and you can like make it beep and you can send messages to the home screen. So I'm sending messages like, Hey, you've got my iPad. Like, you know, can you stop so I can meet up with you and get it back? You know, blah, blah, blah. And obviously I'm not, you know, obviously I'm not getting any answers. It's not stopping. So this goes on for like half an hour. The thing is just driving around all over the fucking place. And I'm just following it on the map, you know, as closely as I can. Finally, it stops and it stops for like a period of time, right? And it stops on this like residential street in Ansonia. And I, I get out of my car with my phone, obviously, and I'm pinging it so it'll make the noise. And I'm walking and walking and walking. I'm right on top of it and I can hear it making noise in the car next to me. So I'm like, okay, it's in this car. And it's like parked in front of this house and this like older woman is like standing on her, on her deck or she's like outside or whatever. And so I just kind of like call over. I'm like, excuse me, like, is this your car? And she's like, no. And she points across the street and across the street, there's a middle school. So I'm thinking she's like, okay, whoever's car it is, is in the middle school. So I don't, I'm not even, not even thinking about like school security or anything like that. I just walk right up to the door, go to open the door. The door is obviously locked. They don't just like let strangers walk in off the fucking streets anymore. And like, so I ring the bell and, and I kind of like am explaining to the person what the deal is. And so I walk in and I walk into the main office and like, 
you know, in my head, I know it's a crazy story, but like, this is like how my morning's been. Everybody in the office is looking at me like I got nine heads when I'm like, hey, somebody in this building has my work iPad in their car out there, blah, blah, blah. So the principal comes out and he's like, hey, man, listen, I can't just have you like wandering around this school. Like this is like a middle school. There's like, you know, like 12, 13 and 14 year old kids in here. You like, you can't just be in here. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right. That's, you know, a good point. And he's like, just call the police. And then when they come down, you know, we can get it all sorted out. And I'm like, all right. So I call the police, you know, tell them the deal. Fucking cop doesn't show up for like an hour and a half. Not that that's any indictment on the police. Just, you know, I get that it wasn't an emergency or anything. Guy finally shows up. I tell him everything that happens. <clears throat> he goes into the school. 20 minutes later, comes out with this woman who apparently was the woman that picked it up. And she said, you know, oh, I, I you know, I picked it up. I was going to bring it to the police station after work, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. And so she gives it back to me. And it's just, the thing is fucking destroyed. And that's why, like, she couldn't read any of the messages. You know, the screen was just shattered into 5 million pieces. And so the whole saga ended up taking, like, three and a half hours. Then I had to go back to our office to get a new one. Um, It was a fucking nightmare. And the whole whole time I was supposed to be meeting up with my boss. Like, my boss was going to work with me and go see a few accounts with me. And uh, so we just, that obviously never ended up happening. I have another story about losing a phone and using find my iPhone to find it, but it's, it's, I know my mother listens to this. It's not necessarily uh, mother appropriate. So maybe I'll save it for after the show. (laughs) Oh, that tune into Sunday conversation after hours. uh, (laughs) Tune into the Sunday evening conversation. (laughs) Oh shit. But that, but anyways, what I was saying, you know, prior, like, that feeling though of having lost your wallet or lost your phone, like it sucks, well, especially your wallet. Okay, dude. so the other the worst. then then there's this other train of thought. Okay, dude, for two hours, I felt like I was back in fucking nineteen fucking ninety seven, yeah, or whatever. It just felt like so. I'm like, oh my gosh. As soon when I get my phone back and I know I'm gonna get it back, like I'm gonna not be on it so much. It's like as soon as I had my phone back, I couldn't fucking get off. Yeah, it. you well, know what I mean, dude. That's a perfect segue. So last night, I I, I noticed two nights ago. It's worth. It's Thursday night. We're recording a little early this week to uh, to accommodate some weekend plans. Um, Tuesday night, I was watching the Blues game, and. Uh, as a, as a side note, they're on fucking fire lately. Four in a row, first place in the Western Conference. How's uh, Krug doing? Pretty good. He seems to be finding his stride. This kid that got Jordan Cairo is a stud. Third year in the league. I think he's 21 years old. He's a he's going to be a superstar. Um, but I was watching the Blues game, and, you know, I put the game on. It's first period. I'm on my phone, like, scrolling Instagram. Ben, by the time I looked back up at the game, it was halfway through the first period. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like, I've been sitting here for probably, you know, it's 10 minutes of game time. It's probably 25 minutes of real time. I'm like, dude, like, what the fuck? And and so uh, last night I deleted my Facebook account, deleted Snapchat, deleted Twitter, deleted Hinge and Bumble off my phone. And then on Sunday I'm going to guess Instagram and and follow your lead a little bit. And just I I, I, the same thought process you just had. Like I it's, just, I've just been spending way, way, way too much fucking time on my phone. So I still, I haven't, I haven't been on my, uh, so I, I still, Instagram is still off my phone. 
And then the night that I lost my phone, that's, I had the only way I could contact anybody was on Instagram direct message. So I got on my computer and then I was DMing on Instagram. I felt like I was on AIM. Yeah, I was just going to say you're on fucking AOL Instant Messenger in 2021. Uh, BRB, uh, leave one. G, G2G. Oh, man. Those are the days. Those yeah. are the fucking days. I mean, you know, it was, it's, well, it's so weird. Like, I, I wonder. I wonder if because, like, we're always connected now, right? Like, you know, you can reach out to me anytime. I can reach out to you anytime and, like, get a hold of you right away. Like, AIM didn't feel like quite as like addictive and like non-productive as like Don't the say phone that. feels today. Because I think my sister was not in a bad way, but like she was like, for me, I wasn't as like, so maybe this has something to do with it. Maybe for you and I, it's weird, man, because she was obviously Samantha's two years younger than me. Right. But she loved the computer way more. Right. Like, so either she was more in tune with her friend group because more of them were doing it or something. I don't know. They were later. They're a little bit later. So I wonder how that works because, like, I definitely know that, like, I wasn't, like, huge into AIM. Like, yeah. that wasn't my, like, thing. Um, I The only thing I remember using AIM for was to, like, like fuck around with people we would like make up other screen names like you could make a random screen name up and then just instant message anybody and then you would just be like well you know i'm outside your house i'm looking yeah, right. at you right now <laughs> like which wow. today would get you arrested <laughs> i know isn't that crazy dude I, I well i also think too part of it ben is that like we also didn't have any responsibilities during the ages of aim you know what i mean like right. you know by the time i was a senior in high school and had like a job and shit like you know you weren't even using aim anymore the, like texting was starting to become more mainstream and you know you had facebook t9, and, and t9 like bro t9 bro we used to it's funny you should say that actually we you know, with a group of guys I used to run with back in the day, we used to talk in T9. So like we'd be at like parties and we'd have like, we would just jumble up the letters of a word based on like where its positioning was on the keyboard on a, on a, you know, on a normal keypad. And uh, so like, you know, like, like take the word joke, for example, you, you know, it would be uh Cole K O L E because those are all on the same key. And so like, you know, you, you said it enough and like, it's like having your, it was the dumbest fucking shit, but like people always thought we were the weirdest fuckers because we just like talk in fucking T9. <laughs> it's the dumbest fucking shit. God, I miss being fucking 19 years old and having no responsibilities and coming up with stupid shit like that. Getting arrested. Well, actually we didn't get arrested, but that same, the same buddy that, uh, that, uh, actually Ben Burnup, you know, Ben Burnup, we had, uh, this is this is how our friendship kind of ended legitimately and if he ever hears this you know ben you know here we are 11 years later and I, i'm sorry but it just it, you know it went the way it did we were going fishing one time and i'll never forget this is like when i was first really starting to get into fishing um and it was going all the time so him and i went to the salmon river in colchester in the morning before i went to work 
I didn't have a fishing license in, you know, I went to work, I got to work around 10. I went to Cabela's on my lunch break, got a fishing license, you know, picked up some lures and shit. And then we went back to the salmon river after I got out of work, but I had grabbed the 12 pack of Bud Light bottles for us. So, you know, we're just hanging out fishing, having a couple beers and a DEP, a DEP agent comes up still to this day. The only time I've ever run into a DEP agent while fishing. And, uh, he says, you know, Hey guys, can I, can I see your fishing licenses? Sure. Literally just got one four hours earlier. Show it to him. Great. Great. You know, how you guys doing? You having any luck? You know, no, nothing yet. Blah, blah, blah. We're shooting shit with him. And then he puts two and two together. He's like, Oh man, guys. He's like, I, yeah, I can't let you like keep the beer. You guys are both under 21. We were both 20, probably two months away from turning 21. He's like, he's like, you guys seem like nice guys. I'll tell you what, I'll cut your break. He says, uh, I'll write you one ticket, you know, one underage possession ticket, and you guys can split it. And I'm like, oh, all right, cool. That seems fair. So he makes it out. He, he still has Ben's fishing license. So he makes it out to Ben and I give Ben the cash. Don't think anything of it. Well, an underage possession of alcohol ticket comes with a one month suspension of your license. So ben, ben, Ben gets a, you know, a letter in the mail saying his license has been suspended and he goes fucking ballistic on me. Like this is bullshit. It was your beer. You should have been the one blah, blah, blah. Now I can't go to work. You should be fucking driving me to work. Well, I was like, bro, it's like 50, 50 shot. You know, he just happened to have your fucking is your fishing license in his hand still. I mean, what do you want from me? And that was it, man. That was the end of our friendship. Basically, you know, I've seen him a handful of times since then, but you know, we were basically inseparable up to that point. And that was, that was it. We just never got over it. Dude, that that's fucking, that's wild. That's wild. I kind of had a story somewhat like that. This is just story time with Aaron and Ben tonight. I love it. I, dude. So obviously I didn't drink all in high school or anything, but all my buddies did. And, uh, so one night I had actually just gotten my wisdom teeth out that morning. So I didn't go to school that day. I got my wisdom teeth out and then I was like, you know, I woke or I was took a nap and then like, you know, that night I was like, fine. So <laughs> that, I that will come back into the story. That's like why, because I had to like think on my feet again. But uh, so all my boys, they wanted to go to this party in South Windsor. And uh, so I, I was always the driver. The, I was always the DD. And uh, so I went and picked them up and I, I had a red cooler in the back of my truck. I always had it in the back because that's what I brought my lunch like to work with in. Now, I didn't realize that they had packed my cool my red cooler with beers and they there was a 30 pack in the back of the truck. So, we go to is this in Jane? This is in Jane. Um and basically we're oh, where the hell were we leaving from? I don't know whose house we left from, but we were at the Shell station across from the Vernon Diner in sure. Vernon, Connecticut. Yep. And 
the cop was in the Vernon Diner parking lot. So she saw six or whatever, five or six guys get out of a truck and then get back in all like younger kids. So she started following me. We're driving towards like 84 underneath that bridge, like coming near between rounds there. And I guess, I mean, I changed lanes. This is what she said. And I didn't use a blinker. And so I got pulled over right underneath that bridge. Yep. So whatever I forgot now, I forget like the nitty gritty details of the, of the story, but basically she was like, what's in the red cooler? So they had put the beer like underneath my crossover box. Yep. Like the 30 pack. But then the red cooler was still exposed. Yeah. So she's like, what's in the red cooler? And I'm like, oh, nothing. That's just my work. That's like my work cooler. Now, all these guys, no one like chimes in or whatever. <laughs> they they put a bunch of Bud Light bottles in that thing. Yep. So she's like, oh, can, can I see? And I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Like, it's my fucking Knock cooler. yourself my, out, lady. Yeah. What, still didn't, you know, whatever. So I, I, she opens it, or I don't know if I went out and opened it or, or whatever. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. She goes out. She, she had left my, my window, goes in the back and puts the flashlight in the back. Yeah. And she goes, what's in the red cooler? And I'm like, oh, nothing, like nothing. Yeah. And I think, uh. Maybe she like opened it or something or, or either way she didn't open it, but she then saw, she's like, uh Oh, cause then she saw the flashlight on the beers, yeah. like on the 30 pack that was underneath. So she's like, like at that point, basically I just turned to them. I'm like, guys, like one, this is on one of you guys and I will yeah, fucking right. rat you out. Like I, I'll just <laughs> like, I'm, I don't not rat you out, but like, it ain't mine. Like fact, like I don't even fucking drink, like not even like, sorry. So my buddy, my buddy, Jesse, he's like, they're mine, whatever. So then him and I got to get out of the car and go and put all the beers in the back of the fucking cop car. So the cops got fucking whatever, a 30 pack plus probably whatever, another 12 pack bottles. But, um, so then I got a ticket and the ticket or, oh, I got a warning yeah. or whatever, but I got, it was, the warning was possession of alcohol by a minor. Yep. So then I had to go to the DMV to this like hearing or whatever, this like thing and like, you know basically it was like nothing it was just a big room full of like 20 other kids just like me that probably did the same exact thing and uh but either way dude fuck man that was like my he got in big trouble for it like he got in whatever same shit that you were just talking about yeah license suspended like you know it sucked for him i just got the warning because it was my vehicle right um but yeah, I got, yeah, uh, I got, I got another, I got one more. We finish with this. 
I, uh, this was UConn spring weekend back in the day when UConn spring weekends were like a big fucking deal. And it was, uh, it was carriage, which I carriage was the first night. I'm pretty sure. And, uh, me Taylor and Colby were going up and this may have been Kyle Burchell might've been living at carriage at this point. So like, you know, we had an in, you know, Kyle Burchell, Ben and I grew up playing hockey with him and, and he was my roommate for a little while at my first apartment and great kid. And, uh, but at the time he was going to UConn, I think he was living in one of the care. I know he ended up living in one of the carriage houses. I think this was the year he was there. So me, Taylor and Kolb's, kind of like, you know, we kind of come up with this plan, like how we're going to get there and like avoid like all the bullshit with the cops and all that stuff. So we'd like, you know, we find this like kind of hidden trail that leads down to carriage and we we're walking all the way down it. And we, at the time we, I'm sure you remember, we used to only drink Budweiser bottles. That was it. You know, Bud heavy bottles. That was our thing. And so we each have a backpack with Bud bottles in it. And, you know, so we're walking down this trail and obviously making a ton of fucking noise and, uh, you know, we see like flashlights up ahead and we know we can't go anywhere else. You know, there's no other way we're going to be able to go. So, you know, we kind of slow down and, you know, we walk up and the cops are like, you know, what's in the back. We, it ends up being two cops. We, we end up walking up to them and, you know, they give us the old, uh, all right, Hey boys, you know, where are you headed? And like, oh, we're just headed to the carriage. One of our buddies lives there and, you know, Oh, what's in the backpack? God, ah, nothing, nothing. And he goes, uh, you know, we can hear you coming all the way down the trail. Right. And we're like, and so, you know, they were cool about it. They made us pour them all out. They made us sit there and pour out. I think we had, you know, a case. So we probably 24. We probably had more than that, honestly. And we just had to sit there and pour every single one of them out. And as we're walking away, the guy, he goes, hey, he goes, hey, word of advice. And we turn around and he goes, cans. <laughs> and then and long, long story short, we ended up meeting up with Samantha and, and her old uh, teammate, Amy Licklider. I still ended up fucking Samantha gave me a fucking uh, pulling springs bottle of like citrus vodka. I ended up blacking out and fucking making a fool of myself anyways. But, Oh, that's good. My little sister giving away vodka to my, at that time she was probably 20. <laughs> she's definitely college age, but I don't think I was, if she's two years younger than me, I don't think I was, well, she would have to have been because Amy Licklider was her college. Friend. Right. Right. So 2022, 20, 23, but anyways, Hey man, listen, that was, uh, that, that 45 minutes flew by fun little story time with Aaron and Ben little, uh, change of pace from our, uh, our normal content. But, uh, yeah. And if you think that's all we got for stories, you're, uh, you're fucking dead wrong. Yeah. Well, the thing I- is, is we have so many goddamn stories, but a lot of them, like you have to like spark, the memory to get them out you know what i mean i i hear you no totally like if you just said to me right now like tell me a story like i'd be like about what you know and like i couldn't just pull one out but if you told me something that sparked another one in my head but, oh i got one you know like it's a great thing about living your life and uh just enjoying it all the time you end up with a lot of stories um anywho subscribe rate review check out the patreon the sunday conversation instagram page will still be up as of sunday i will not have the instagram app on my phone for a while too so if you need to get a hold of me you know text me call me and if you don't have my number you probably don't need to get a hold of me but uh benny great chat pal love you bro love you too man